0: Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com.
1: Well, the fun may have ended, Christmas is over, but we are back on Fantasy Sports Daily, a place where the fun never ceases. Kyle all and Ray Flowers with you and check this guy out. I mean every day it's a new thing with you, Ray. Uh what we we've brought Christmas onto the show. It appears that that's either some kind of outrageous overgrowth or that is a Christmas tree behind you, right?
0: That is a Christmas tree behind me, Kyle. Yes. Um I actually as a nerdy person who's doing this somewhat professionally, uh that's actually a green screen. I got a green oh. screen behind me, so that's a photo of the tree upstairs which is my People might be wondering after hearing me describe my house why there's a view behind me, because the view's upstairs. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the green screen, I mean, look at this. It, it makes such a difference. I'm no longer blurry if I want to do something in the background. So that's a close-up of the tree from upstairs.
1: What, was that a Christmas
0: gift, the green screen, or have you had that? Uh, it's, it's a gift, yeah. And it's it's, a, it's awesome. actually, it's a pretty nice little one. It's one of the ones that's, uh, it's like, it's big, right? It's seven mm-hmm. feet long or whatever. But it's got a, a pull-up and pull-down, so you can, it just, it rolls into itself. In the old days, I had to set the one I had in the past. You know, you had to set up the yeah. pole, flip it off. This is just brrr, brrr, wow. It is, so it's pretty nice.
1: Fancy Ray Flowers. Meanwhile, I'm stuck with a door, a few concert posters, and this looming light. How <laughs> do I
0: do that? I can, I can never figure it out. There it is. There it is. There it is. That one right there. You and I would be so bad as weather people, too. We're not used <laughs> yeah. to the direction. Yeah.
1: It's like <laughs> alien autopsy whenever I'm doing <laughs> the show here. You just see that looming light hanging above. Uh, hopefully, everybody had a great holiday, a great Christmas. We were obviously not here yesterday. Uh, we were busy throughout the weekend, obviously covering things at FantasyGuru.com. We continued uh, to, to put out basketball columns, NFL columns, all that stuff. Uh, for the most part, we're back to a regular work week uh, for the next few days. Ray and I will be here today, tomorrow. Thursday, I will not be here. Uh, you and Rich Maletto, right, Ray, coming up on Thursday? That is the plan, absolutely, yep. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. So Thursday, normal time and everything. And then I'll be back on Friday, and then we'll head into the weekend, which is another holiday uh, because, hey, they just come hot and heavy as we get set for the New Year's. Um, In regards to today, what do we have for you on Fantasy Sports Daily? Well, of course, we will take a look back at all of the Thursday action. Uh, Kind of a busy Thursday. Ray does not like his Christmas to be bothered, uh, but Roger Goodell does not care about Ray's Christmas plans. Uh, So we had three games yesterday and got to say, surprising results i i think very surprising to see the raiders beat up on the chiefs um kind of surprising to see the ravens not only win but dominate the san francisco 49ers and then the eagles and giants actually gave us a load of points and the giants made it a bit of a game uh yesterday so we'll we'll tackle all three games kind of give you the rundown there some fantasy takeaways uh so on and so forth there of course, now we get set for championship week. And of course, we have to deal with injuries. So we'll tell you what's going on coming out of week 16. And looking ahead to week 17, not looking good for guys like Jalen Waddle, TJ Hawkinson, guys that have been there all season for you. The fantasy player may not be there for the championship weekend. We'll talk some NBA with Justin Finsterman, sneak in a bit of baseball as well. And as always, Ray, we remind we, uh, the folks out there, specials, specials, specials. The, the holidays may be over. But the deals are still with us on this
0: Boxing Day. You got that absolutely right, Kyle. Yeah, the promo code FSD20 is still actionable. That helps you with any product you want to sign up, DFS, seasonal, wagering, any of the sports. You can use FSD20 for that. We also have a new one for football. We had the Ho-Ho one. Right now that one's being removed and replaced by the following. You don't even need a promo code. It's just DFS football through the rest of the season, which includes through the Super Bowl, 50 bucks. (laughs) So you can sign up at the website that gets you, you know, the last two weeks of the regular season that gets you every week of the playoffs. $50, maybe you've been with us uh, and you love what we do. and You can add that. Maybe you haven't done DFS before and you've always been kind of wondering what's it like. And, you know, you want to keep playing this year. You want you're up for the challenge. Go to the website, fantasyguru.com and uh, sign up for the football package the rest of the way in DFS for $50.
1: And the reality of the situation, Ray, is uh, for the most part, people who play season long, like 10% of them are still playing in week 17 um in week 18 barely anybody plays so you're right on the dfs outlook week 17 week 18 and dfs playoffs man the postseason is a load of fun with dfs so take advantage of that special uh 50 bucks for what is that pretty well the next month and a half uh you can get all the dfs coverage that you can handle so check it out over at fantasyguru.com as always you can uh, send us any messages questions comments whatever you got via Facebook, YouTube. Ray was telling me. I guess now Twitter questions are going to pop up. We're, we're told that Ray's tech team is uh, is the one working on that. But I guess if you're on Twitter
0: and, and following us, you can also send us questions. Yeah, that's what the the news. My tech team. I love that. Um, I was told that's the case. Uh, we we yeah, and uh, we'll see if it's true. But I don't know what we're <laughs> watching. If they're on YouTube.com. Yeah. Slash at Leap Plus Network if they're on Twitter if they're watching later at the website but we are being told that yes Twitter can now allow us to receive questions we'll see if that's the case
1: so uh, type away to your heart's content if you'd like okay Ray let's dig into the uh, triple header of uh, Christmas action uh, nothing is better than opening gifts while watching football um, which I didn't do you oh, I guess I did yeah we we had two gift openings. One in the morning and then one in the late afternoon. Unfortunately, it's not that cool to open gifts with the Giants and the Eagles. Like, you know, whatever. I wasn't even paying attention to the game at that point. So we'll save that game for last. Let's talk about the other two, Ray. Um, And we'll start with last night. Huge showdown. A lot of anticipation. uh, 49ers hosting the Ravens. I I think it's very fair to say top two teams in the NFL. Um, You know, there may be some arguments for Philadelphia or whomever out there. But I think for the most part, the Ravens and the 49ers have performed as the best two teams. Uh, Ravens obviously get the win, Ray. It was a a game at half. And then another Brock uh, Purdy turnover kind of opened up the floodgates for Baltimore. Uh, What, 17 points, I think it was, in the third quarter. They go on to win by two touchdowns. And it's shocking to me, Ray, to see Brock Purdy with no touchdowns, four picks. Like, we have been so spoiled by excellence And and maybe it's not great every week, but Ray, nothing like this. This this was one of those moments where if you were in week 16, you're like, okay, I got a cakewalk into the championship. All I need is, you know, 14 points from Brock Purdy. You're probably feeling great about that. Total disaster for him, Ray. Not only did he not get a touchdown, not only did he have the four picks, but he left early. He didn't even play in the fourth quarter, which would have been perfect catch up time. He was unable to play it against the Ravens last night.
0: Yeah, and Sal B in the chat uh, hit on it, Kyle. You're forty and slip there, Brock Turdy, Totally, totally Purdy on app-
1: turnover. Purdy turnover. That's what it's, I was trying to it say. Totally yeah. was
0: accurate. Uh, whatever you meant was right. Uh, yeah, that was that was rough. And I saw a lot of sources, you know, talking. Well, you know, week 17, week 17. It's like if you had Brock Purdy as your quarterback, I don't know if you're playing in week 17. I mean that that was a really Ooh. terrible effort. Uh, now the, the, you know, the, more than one guy for your fantasy squad and all that kind of stuff. But bottom line is that was a poor effort. There's no way to sugarcoat that. Uh, the Brock Purdy for MVP talk is obviously now down the toilet. Um, that was rough. And, and as you noted, this is a couple times he has been beat up too. So there's a little concern here. I mean, the Niners are still fine. They're going to be in the playoffs, all that kind of stuff. No one wants to face the Niners in the playoffs. Uh, but you know, an offer with four picks, a yeah. terrible time for Brock Purdy to basically pull Nate O'Connell or whatever crappy quarterback you want to throw in there. I
1: was uh, I was dealing with a buddy on Sunday morning. Um, I'm not on Twitter, but, Ray, people have my phone number, so they bother me with their fantasy football questions. Right. And uh, he was deciding between Purdy and Trevor Lawrence. And I'm like, you got to go Purdy. He's just too good. I, I know the matchup. But, and I felt really good Sunday night when Trevor Lawrence didn't do a whole lot. And Trevor Lawrence only played three quarters. And I was like, ah, I made the right, I made the wrong decision, Ray. I think I did. (laughs) And I've not heard from that friend yet this morning, (laughs) but I guess I made the wrong decision. It was, it was just out of nowhere. And and I'm trying to think, Ray, he hasn't had, has he even had a three interception game in his career with Brock Purdy? And again, the career is 20 games or something, but I don't even think he's had three interceptions. So this one was totally out of nowhere and full credit to the Ravens. What's wild about this game, as you kind of dig into the box score, Ray, is, you know, Purdy was down, definitely. But the Niners still got 100 yards from McCaffrey, 100 yards from Kittle, 100 yards from Ayuk. (laughs) Like, like they still put up some decent fantasy numbers. Meanwhile, on the other side, nobody went crazy for the Ravens. I guess the defense did, but Lamar Jackson was good. Gus Edwards didn't do much, but he got into the end zone. Zay Flowers was good, and that was, like, it. I mean, Isaiah likely didn't have, like, a, a bust loose. So they won by two touchdowns, but for the fantasy player, it was kind of just ho-hum on, on Monday night in San Francisco.
0: Yeah, I mean, Zay Flowers had nine catches and a touchdown, and here's Nelson Aguilar. Woo! Like, yeah. you know, so, yeah, it, it it's very weird because the game obviously was one-sided, Uh, the quarterback play was one-sided, but the overall fantasy play was one-sided in the other direction. You're totally right. And that's, you know, this is what happens sometimes. You get excited, you see a score, and you go run to the box score to look at it, and you're like, oh, crap, nothing happened. Mm -hmm. You see all these turnovers, and you're hoping greatness. No, it's pick sixes and, you know, interceptions and all these kind of things. You know, I think, like you said, you know, Likely didn't kill you. He wasn't great, but he didn't kill you. Edwards Mm -hmm. got in the end zone. He was fine. I mean, Zay Flower, are, are people, I guess people are starting Beckham and Bateman. Like, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's bad, right? So yeah. I, I can't say you should be disappointed with those guys because you really shouldn't be playing them anyway. But it was interesting to see the Niners have the fantasy play and the Ravens win the football game.
1: You know, the, the Ravens, Ray, for a number of years now, have been looking for a wide receiver. And, and they've tried free agency. They've tried the draft. Do you think they found it in Zay Flowers? Um, he had 13 targets. Mm-hmm. That's a career-slash-season high. He's a rookie. Is he showing – it? I, I still wonder. I don't know. The numbers are good, especially mm-hmm. for a rookie um Lamar Jackson I guess this offense has scored a lot of points I don't know that Lamar Jackson has really been a better quarterback I know that last night they were talking on and on about this and they you know it doesn't matter who they're talking about these announcers just fall all over themselves to to worship quarterbacks so you know I I know these guys are knowledgeable they know what they're talking about but like it's just constant it doesn't matter if it's Aiden O'Connor, Lamar Jackson, all these quarterbacks are great. According, Josh to- Dobbs is going to win the MVP earlier. This yeah, year. I mean, all the, the Booth guys just, like, lose yeah. their mind. I think Jackson's been good. Jackson's been fine. I don't think he's taken any kind of leap. I mean, people look at, like, look how strong the offense is. The offense isn't much different from what it's always been. It, it truly is not. Uh, there's been a lot made up, but it's it's kind of the same offense. The difference is Zay Flowers, right? because I don't know that they've had a consistent wide receiver. I, I guess Hollywood Brown for a moment. But then that dissipated very quickly, and he was traded to Arizona. Do you think Zay Flowers can be that guy?
0: I mean, it, it's tough. And I always have, and I would say this at the top, uh, I have an issue. Maybe it's because I'm the I'm a, I'm a tallest. I don't know, because I'm tall. He's, <laughs> he's 5'9", 180. Like, there are just limits. There's not that many guys that size that are consistently getting 10 targets a week and giving you 790 and a touchdown. Like, there's just not that many guys in the history of football that do that um there is also the fact that you know he's a rookie but he's had some issues with drops at times um he's dynamic and i think with lamar jackson under center it does open the field up right because his ability to use his legs does present so many challenges for defense that i think Zay flowers might end up being like kind of debo samuel guy right where it's a couple Mm -hmm. carries here gets a rushing touchdown there he's the he's the lead pass catcher he's not built like samuel he doesn't run routes like samuel but i think he fills that role in the ravens offense so I mean, I, I would ideally love to see them get, you know, someone six three, two hundred, you know, to, to run on the other side of, from him, right? So then, then he would fit, I think, better in that mold. But I'm I'm hesitant to say he's the wide receiver one for the next eight years.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's still like a two. I think they're still looking for for the lead dog, and for for the Ravens, it might be Mark Andrews. You know, that's kind of been the the excuse. But I don't know how much time Mark Andrews has left. It's interesting with Flowers. Um, he has not gotten to 100 yards this season. I don't think he has topped – his his season best is 78 – 70, yeah, 78 yards. He's had a few games in the 70s. So he hasn't even topped 80 yards.
0: Week one was 78 yards.
1: Yeah, and, and the first three weeks, Ray, he was 21 catches. Yeah. The first three weeks. Um, In the 12 games since, it's 53 catches. So, again, last night was good and, and was kind of the moment for Zay Flowers on a big stage but I kind of agree with you, Ray. He's much more of a two for any team uh, mm-hmm. than he is a one, it, it, but it's still a good, I mean, he's going to end the rookie year, Ray, with over 80 catches, you know, over 800 yards and probably five touchdowns, mm-hmm. not dynamic. I mean, it's not Odell Beckham's rookie year, but that's a win for the Baltimore Ravens in the first round.
0: Yeah. And I, I would draw the mental comparison of what the mayor, mayor, the Seahawks have. He's Tyler Lockett. They need DK yeah. Metcalf. Yep. Yeah, you know, that's what, and that, as we have seen over the years, can be a, a lethal combination of players. Uh, Zay Flowers has been wildly successful for a rookie. He's completely lived up to any expectations that were in the fantasy game. But as you pointed out, it's been kind of hit or miss, and that's just the nature of the position and nature of being a rookie. Let's
1: go to the uh, first game of the day, and uh, I think it's still probably the most surprising result. Uh, you know, the Ravens are good, so it's not a shocker when they win, even on the road at San Francisco. But Ray, the Raiders on the road at at Kansas city. And it's, it's fascinating with this game, right? It, it almost the entire game was decided in like a minute of play (laughs) with, with the two defensive touchdowns for the Raiders. And, you know, this is kind of like what I was just talking about with with Baltimore and San Francisco, where you look at the box score and there isn't a whole lot there. Like you would think, man, if the Raiders are going to go to Kansas city and get a win, that must mean Aiden O'Connell carried it on. You know, he had four touchdowns in week 15 He had nine completions in week 16. Nine. Devontae Adams was nowhere to be found. Jacoby Myers didn't do anything. The tight ends weren't involved. Zamir White Ray ended up with big numbers, but he was doing very little until the end of the game. I think he had like 64 yards on the three carries in the fourth quarter. So the Raiders are the Raiders. I don't know, you know, the fantasy takeaway, quote unquote, who cares? The the Kansas City side, Ray, is is the wild side here. There's a lot going on here. It is crazy to think Patrick Mahomes, I was looking this up, has one game of more than 21 fantasy points since week three? One? And that's a guy you average 24 or 25. He's got one game above 21 points in the last three months. That's stunning with Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah, and I wrote about this on Friday in my Coffin Corner piece over at FantasyGuru.com. If you look... The last four weeks, not yesterday, but the previous four games that the Chiefs have played. Rasheed Rice in those four games had more catches than any Chiefs wide receiver had all season. <laughs> that, I mean, and, and we've talked, like, how many times can we talk about this? You're you're, you're running Justin Watson out there as your number two. You, you, no, no. Like, Justin Watson's a five or six, and he's your two. Um, this team, you know, we saw it again yesterday. What happened with the, one of the turnovers? We're we're scheming a a funky play that we drew up on the playground. It's not even a real football play. You know, you don't have your quarterback behind. It's just so this team is not this is not news, like a news flash. Oh my gosh. But this Chiefs team is in big trouble. And Jeff Mans has talked a lot about how they kind of expect, wait, hope for penalties to help them out. You and I have talked a lot about the fact that this offense just doesn't have any consistent pass catchers. They led the league heading into week 17 or 16, excuse me, in drops. Um, and this is going, this is showing you mm-hmm. that even the greatest quarterback and arguably the greatest offensive coach in football right now don't have answers to this. That's a player personnel situation, Tom.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and again, I don't want to, I'm not blaming Mahomes. I, I will say in the last month, it's become very easy to dislike the Chiefs, which I've never felt until like the last month. But right now they go to the sidelines and the frustrations are totally getting to this offense. Yeah, yeah. Like Mahomes is yelling, Kelsey's slamming helmets down. I mean. You would think that they're a five-win team with how they act like children, you know, on, on the sidelines. And, you know, with Kelsey, um, and he's a regular topic of conversation, um, whether whether you're a football fan or not, I guess, with Travis Kelsey. But it, it's kind of wild to look at this, Ray, and in effect, you know, Kelsey's been a guy that um, down the field would hurt you. And over the middle, you know, 15, 18, 22-yard catches, he'd... Uh, The yak, you know, the ability to make that reception and then to pull away from a defender. Just haven't seen that from Travis Kelsey this year. And right now, Ray, almost all I don't want to say all and I'd love to see the numbers, but it feels like so many many of his receptions are within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Now, there's always been that aspect of the screen pass, the quick hitter to Travis Kelsey, but it's been bookended by something down the field you know, over, over the, 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 defenders and that exists occasionally, but overall he is being used entirely different uh, than he has in years past. And I almost go back to the preseason, Ray, when he suffered that knee injury. I don't know if he's ever been right since then. It just feels like his ability to get down the field and kind of separate from, from guys has, has totally disappeared this year.
0: And G bro 84 in the chats commenting on it too. He, he like, it looks hurt every time he gets tackled. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, he's not a hundred percent. I can give him that. Uh, I can also say that he's aging, right? That's part of this. Also, their the defense has nothing to worry about. And that's let's be honest about this. You know, when you don't have a real secondary option, when it's a rookie who didn't really emerge until the season was two thirds over, what does the defense have to worry about? They can cover Kelsey completely differently. Not that they didn't focus on him in the past, but they don't have MVS. Come on, man. Like, come on. Like, this is the receiving core is so bad. Every we single cover everyone, who cares? Let's just cover Kelsey. And that, you know, they keep them underneath. Uh, We've seen that Patrick Mahomes entered the year with a yards per attempt mark of over eight. This season, the mark is 6.9, Ooh. a massive drop. Everything's underneath. They never do anything down the field. The only thing they do down the field is chuck it and hope for a penalty. Like this offense is just, it doesn't work. And my brother asked a, a really interesting question yesterday when we were talking to him. He said, hey, look, man, do you think this part of this with the chiefs. Cause my nephew was, I'm, we're trying to open gifts. My nephew's my like, The Raiders are winning. I'm like, what do you mean the Raiders are winning? Uh, and he's like, do you think part of this is the fact that Mahomes makes a gazillion dollars? And I'm like, I mean, they haven't spent any money on receivers. They don't have it. So there's a lot going on here, but this offense is, is a mess. And you know, they're going to make the playoffs and no one wants to face Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But this is not the same team that anyone's had fear with in the past. I just don't think they'll be viewed that way.
1: I, I remember bringing this up with you way back in September, Ray. The, the fact that the Chiefs have chosen the route of, and, and every team, a good team, a good franchise with a good quarterback, they have to make this choice. Um, and the Chiefs' choice has been, we're going to give Patrick Mahomes a ton of money, give Travis Kelsey a ton of money, and then we're just going to find pieces at wide receiver. And to Rasheed Rice's credit, here's another rookie doing well. I mean, Rasheed Rice is, has progressed and has become a fantasy starter. Um, is he the lead dog at wide receiver? I'm not there. It's kind of like Zay Flowers. You know, <laughs> Are you really there with Rasheed Rice being your top dog? But they've gone so cheap at both running back and wide receiver, and it eventually can catch up to you. you know, you're not going to hit every year to where I find a receiver on the cheap that can turn in 75 catches. That's kind of what they've been doing. You had Pete Kelsey. You had Pete Mahomes. It just kind of caught them this year. And another thing catching them is maybe the backfield, Ray. Mm. Pacheco's look good when he's out there, uh, but he was knocked out yesterday, concussion. For those who missed it, Jarek McKinnon's now on IR. So, Ray, we may be going into week 17 with Clyde Edwards-Elair being a very critical piece to the puzzle for people in a fantasy championship.
0: Yeah, I was in Discord this morning for about 37 seconds and someone was already asking me a question about CEH. Uh, it's, in, it's 7 in the morning. Um There's no one left like that. You know, this is we've seen it with CEH. We've seen it with this coach and this offense. We have seen him have success. We've seen him, you know, go from the peak to the mountain, the top to the toilet. Like it's we've seen the whole journey. But now he's last last man standing. I mean, and so I think the real issue you have with CEH is he's not the player he was as a rookie. Uh, They, Even though they have to use him, there are many games, including yesterday. We saw another one where no one gets 14, 15 carries. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the Chiefs don't even they don't they can't sustain drives long enough to get anyone 20 carries. I mean it rarely happens. So where is CH? He's in the conversation this week. Uh you know, yeah. We'll, we'll do all the breakdowns, and we'll have all the answers with the rankings and the articles and everything at fantasyguru.com. We'll talk about it here on the show. Uh he's in play and that would be a scary place to be. Um uh, because it's an uncertain situation with CH in the backfield. And the
1: important thing to remember what you said there is Even if you are the only guy available, you're not a 20-touch guy in this offense. They just don't do that with their running backs. So that's why Clyde Edwards-Alaire, even if we get to the week and and obviously McKinnon's out, but let's say Pacheco's out, I can't sit here and say CEH is a top 12 guy or an RB1, even though we're going to say, wow, he's with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the matchup is fine against the Bengals, and uh, he's the only guy. Like you usually, add those things up for a running back, and you say, "Wow, he's knocking on the door of RB one." But you can't with Clyde edwards Alaire. He's he's much more of an RB two. And hey, if you got money, or if you can go to the waiver wire, you blow the budget to get the guy. Um, I don't know how many people have been holding on to Clyde edwards Alaire, but uh, that will be a run on the waiver wire later tonight. And again, uh, smoke him if you got him. No use to uh, carry the money forward, blow it out to get a guy like Edwards-Laird. Uh, one last game was the middle game, Ray, uh, Philadelphia and New York. And honestly, I did not have two eyes on this game. Um, I was kind of following it. I, I, I know what Tommy DeVito is going to do. Okay. I don't need to. <laughs> not much. I know what the Giants yeah. are going to do. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the Giants. And like every week, a different wide receiver is going to step up. I guess the roulette table landed on Darius Slayton this week. Who cares? I mean, that that's a team can't find receivers either. Uh, God loves Saquon Barkley. You know, just doing all the heavy lifting in this offense. Uh, Tyrod Taylor takes over in the second half. Offense looked a bit better. Uh, The Eagles, Ray, about the only thing I can say here is, you know, another ho-hum kind of business-like effort. Uh, Jalen Hurts was fine. A.J. Brown was fine. Uh, A.J. Brown's kind of doing what he did last season where he got really quiet in November and December. Like, he's just not scoring touchdowns the way he did. And last year he did the same exact thing. He got into the playoffs and exploded. So hopefully that happens again, but he hasn't got a touchdown. Let me look this up. He does not have a touchdown since November 5th or one Devata touchdown.
0: Devata one Smith touchdown yeah.
1: Since November 5th, uh, DeAndre Swift, a lot of work. Uh, that was a game where Philadelphia was kind of in control. We did see plenty of gain. Well, I don't know, Ray. That's kind of what I took away. Uh, nothing that really stood out for anybody. Uh, Dallas Goddard's getting a lot of targets. That's good to see since mm-hmm. he's returned. Uh, but other than that, you kind of look at this and say how did they get to 58 points like <laughs> it's not a box score that screams almost 60 points scored.
0: Yeah, and the Eagles are 11 and 4. They beat an inferior opponent. Was it a great game? No. Were there huge statistical outputs? No. I don't know, Kyle. I mean, this is another team that, you know, I think I don't know how much of a correlation there is, but when Jalen Hurts hurt his knee, you know, earlier in the season, it's things in the offense started getting a little wonky and it's weird because he, he's scoring a rushing touchdown every week. Now, granted, it's someone's pushing his butt from six inches away from the goal line all the time. Like, this team is, has a remarkable ability to get down to the two-yard line, right, every game. Um, but the offense, really, like you're saying, A.J. Brown's kind of, you know, Jalen Hurts hasn't been great as a passer for the last month. They've got all these weapons and these pieces, and no one wants to face this team come to the playoffs.
2: Mm-hmm. But it's
0: getting, you know, th- that game shouldn't have been 33-25. It should have been 33-10, to right? Like, that that's got to be a little concerning if you're an Eagles fan.
1: Saquon Barkley, Ray, um, there's a good chance he's not with the Giants next year. Uh, we don't know where he's going to end up. Uh, he certainly wants money. I don't know that he's going to get it uh, because, right, he's going to run into what every running back runs into, where, hey, I'm not giving you five years. You, you can have three, <laughs> you know, you can have four. It is, <clears throat> this offense is bad. And again, he's had to do all the work. If he gets in a different spot, or even if he stays with the Giants, right, and Daniel Jones is back and they're doing, is, is he still an RB1 for you? And, and I, I, maybe the stats don't say it, but I probably would still have him as an RB one going into next season. I I still give him that credit for if he's healthy, he's good for 250 carries, probably good for 50 catches. Like he's still, and and we always have to, to couch these things by saying if they're healthy, but even if they're healthy, everybody, I don't know how many guys are like legitimate threats for 300 touches. And wherever he's at next year, I think he's still going to be that kind of threat.
0: Yeah, I think that as of right now with the uncertainty with the offense and what the Giants are going to look like next year if he's back, I think you kind of look at him and say he's in that Joe Mixon zone, right? Like you're talking about a guy with a lot of volume. Above uh, above Mixon. Well, but the stats don't say that. And that's, you know, I mean, and again, it's really tough to to judge this, especially in the case of, of Barkley, because the offense is terrible. And like you said, everyone knows they stack the box. They all know it's going to him. He's getting his twenty-five touches, and it's going to be ninety-six yards. And that's you know, so it's really tough to say that you know this is on Barkley. But the numbers are just kind of there. You know, it's it's very workmanlike, which is why I do the comparison to Mixon. He's not going to get a huge contract. Uh, we can hope he gets in a better offense. If he gets in a better offense, then we'll get more excited because then the three catches might become four. Mm-hmm. And the four point zero yards of carry might become four point eight, right? And then all of a sudden we're back in business. But uh, where he ends up in the offense, he's a part of, make sure, will I think determine, like you're saying, whether he's you know running back twelve or running back six. He's probably going to be an RB one. Andre,
1: that yards per carry number it was five even his rookie year. Then it went to four six. Then he only had two games in 2020, so we'll scratch that. Three seven four four four. They, they, they aren't elite numbers. The, the the letdown here, when I look at his line for Barkley, and he's at 253 touches, the letdown, Ray, is with with these quarterback issues. Um, it, it's, it's lazy analysis, but we often think, hey, with a backup quarterback or a third-string quarterback, it's the dump-off. And a guy like Barkley, we've seen it before. I mean, this guy had 91 catches his rookie year. 91. Ray, 36 catches this year? That, that's that's probably the biggest issue I've got with Barkley is that in this offense with the quarterbacks he's dealing with y- you feel like he should be over 50 by now and he's sitting in the mid-30s
0: yeah and you know Darren Waller's missed a bunch of time right mm-hmm. so that was their lead pass catcher he's out of the mix you you talked about Wendell Robinson's four foot three Jalen Hyatt just runs sprints out there hoping to get bombs Darius you know Slayton's up and down Shepard can't even get active on game day anymore Hodden's I mean where, where is this? And again, you know, we saw this at the end of last season, right? Hodgins established himself in the fantasy playoffs last year. He was catching five passes for 70 yards and a touchdown every week, right? Mm-hmm. We saw the Giants establish someone. They haven't established a receiver all year long, to your point. And when the inability to establish a single receiver on this team, the fact that Barkley's not more involved as a pass catcher, that's that's number one, it's on the quarterbacks. Number two, it's on the play callers. I mean, it's, it's a dual-headed thing here, but I don't know why. I don't know why. He hasn't got the, the ball more uh, i think that's a totally he shouldn't be catching three passes a week it should be five i don't know why it hasn't yeah. happened
1: eagles raiders and ravens uh they emerged victorious on christmas uh hopefully uh you enjoyed some of the action uh just know the nfl will not stop it will probably be with us next year no matter what the calendar says they're always going to give us some football on christmas day um in terms of a couple of other things emerging on monday and there wasn't a ton of news it's christmas so you don't have a lot of practice reports or even the insiders breaking things down. But what we do know right now, and we'll get a lot of information later today, sounds like Trevor Lawrence on the shoulder is not a huge issue. Um, You look back at that game against Tampa, they might've just removed him because it was a blowout and Lawrence is, is really beat up at this juncture, but it sounds like he's going to be okay for week 17. Uh, The early initial reports on Jordan Addison are positive with the Minnesota Vikings. He's dealing with an ankle, but they think he's going to be available this weekend. The news is not so good. Ray for his teammate T.J. Hawkinson, NAR for Jalen Waddle. Both of these guys who are consistent starters um, every single week. Hawkinson's been a stud this year. Waddle's been very good. Both these guys, as of this moment, Ray, probably more out than in. I mean, we're hearing high ankle sprain with Waddle, and we're hearing a a fairly severe knee injury with T.J. Hawkinson.
0: Yeah, just so the listeners know, I'll share my pain Um, in the listener league, which I killed all year long killed all year long i went in yesterday with chase on the bench with Pittman on the bench and with tj hawkinson hurt so my three top receivers who are three of the top 15 receivers in football this year got me 9.8 points this week yes so i feel your pain um but yeah it sounds like the pain that hawkinson has is going to be extended here and you know there's there's real concerns like you said his regular season seems to be almost certainly over uh there are options at tight end that are likely to be on your waiver where if you lost Hawkinson and you're still playing, obviously not to that level. Um, but there that's, we'll have our fingers crossed, but it doesn't sound like that dream is going to be a reality. And Waddle, we're hearing high ankle sprain, if that's the case, his regular season's likely over too. So yeah. those are, you know, those are two pieces of people that clearly could still be playing in the fantasy game that they might have to go in a different direction in week seven. And
1: and Miami, even if it's not necessarily a full-blown high ankle sprain, you know, does Miami push Jalen Waddle? You know they didn't do it with Tyree Hill a couple of weeks ago. Uh, their team obviously aiming for the playoffs, the postseason to do some damage in January. So there is a bit of this relaxation of okay, maybe he could play if we if it were the, the divisional playoffs. But uh, in Week 17, I don't know if that's going to happen. And and again, we, there will be more injuries that come out today. Uh, but nothing going on yesterday, so we don't have much of a practice report or any kind of follow-up, but the news was not good for Hawkinson and Waddle, and we will certainly have more updates and uh, more names to probably deal with coming up on Wednesday's edition of Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, We will leave the football for a few seconds, actually for many seconds, because we want to spend our remaining seconds with our good friend Justin Finsterman, uh, who is coming off his own Christmas holiday. I don't know how Justin did it yesterday. He's a big football guy, big basketball guy, crazy Christmas day of basketball three games of football but here he is waking up with us on December 26th happy Kwanzaa to you Justin and it's great to have you with us how are things going buddy
2: oh things are going well guys thank you so much for having me back and it was crazy did a little radio action with football did of course the DFS write-up for NBA it never ends and I loved (laughs) I loved all of the discord activity in the dfs nba chat throughout the day i thought it was going to be a ghost town people were still playing and that's what we say winners win no lunch breaks
1: yeah look at that spending your christmas with justin finsterman and discord that's that's what the holidays are made
2: of that's called getting a lump of coal in your stock
1: um i i you reached out to me this morning before i could even figure out what we were wanting to talk about you said kyle I've got to talk about NBA wagering and gambling. What, what, what's what got you fired up? What, what's pissing you off or what's the concern
2: here? I'll say this. So over the last week and a half, or at least the last week, it, NBA wagering has not been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of misses. And with that, I know that there is frustration, of course. And everyone, by the way, in the elite mafia, being very patient, they know how it goes. There's a lot that I look for in these bets. And I've brought this up to you guys before. I go inside the numbers, look at the DVP defense first position. I look at pace. I look at previous matchup. When I look at a certain position that I'm trying to exploit, I look at their past five games to see who was in, who was out, who the opposition was, and then I make the bets. There's a lot that goes into it. And there's nobody that's more frustrated, even if it's a night where I hit three bets and I miss one, there's nobody who's a tougher critic, on that kind of stuff than me I want to hit every bet it's not going to happen and I was on a cold streak early on in the season ended that got hot now I'm on one again that's not going to stop me though that's at the end of the day I can miss and miss and these guys over here who have known me throughout most of my career in fact pretty much all of it know that if I get punched in the face the next morning I'm showing up with an ice pack and the wealth the size of a bowling ball. And I'm going to be right back there knocking at the door. I take this content very seriously. I'm frustrated. But the guys, the one thing I do want to say, and I feel that every so often we have to bring this up. The one thing I, I can't control is how much we invest in these bets. Full disclosure, my budget, I bet $5, $10 max. This guy I can't even like can
1: afford a shirt with sleeves.
2: Exactly. That's so with that, when you can't afford shirts with sleeves, and you have to go back into your 18 to 23-year-old closet and wear NBA jerseys on these professional spots. Then, you know, for me, my budget, $5 to $10. That's all I bet. And that's all that I bet within my budget because that's what it's about. I'm a wager. I try not to be a gambler. It's two different things to me. That's one area that I can't control. That's one area where the guilt that I have of missing these bets ends. Because when I see people I've lost this much money over the last week, bet less. <laughs> That's when, it's very easy. It's very easy. You don't have to bet $100 per bet. I don't advise that. That's why I don't list just nine bets that I think are okay. I'd rather give you guys two to three bets that are properly researched to the extent that I can. But with these bets, the one thing I can't control, I can predict shot volume. I can't predict whether or not the player is going to actually hit those shots. It stinks. We've been getting hooked on the number a lot, but where the guilt ends for me, and again, NBA betting discord couldn't be nicer about it. They understand how this flows. It's not like football. We have action every single night onto the next day. But the one area that I advise is don't bet beyond your means. If we're, we're cold right now, bet five to $10. Take advantage of a free bet or a promotion that you see on one of these sites. Because when I see things like I've lost X number of dollars over the last week, that's where the guilt ends for me. You losing, that's where it ends. How much you lost, that's a different story. I bet five to $10, even if I'm on fire, that's how I am. And I gotta be fully honest. And I appreciate you guys giving me the platform to just say that. And I'll end it by saying this, we will bounce back. We're gonna work hard at it. We're going to find those players like we did and exploit them for matchup after matchup until the books move them up. This is just a stutter step, and I'm ready to start winning.
0: Is that a a Jack Sikma jersey, by the way?
2: No, it's a Ray Allen. It's a Gary Payton jersey, actually. (laughs) What I I try to do is based on questions and topics that you guys were going to ask me, I try to match the jersey. Now, you're probably thinking, Fenty, you're an idiot. I'll stop it right there, but I'll say I'm wearing a Seattle Supersonics jersey, a non-existent team. The Oklahoma City Thunder, which I know we're going to talk about, the lineage is from the Seattle Supersonics. There you
0: go. Still wish it was Jack Sigma. That's just I, I me. I need to
2: sometimes. Maybe yeah. I'll Maybe get you.
0: Dale, Dale Ellis would have been a good one. Maybe oh, that would have been good. Right. Number three, right? Yes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Justin, let's talk about your team. We'll get, we'll come back to the – Sorry for the
2: heavy stuff, guys. I just – I needed to get that off my chart. Well,
0: n- neither Ray and I can bet in our home states. So <laughs> yeah. that
2: <laughs> and that's why I can't just do alt-line parlays either because people yeah. in Discord tell me mm-hmm. we can't get those lines. So I want to try to appease everybody and mm-hmm. make it appealing for everyone. So alt-line parlays, which is the way to go for those that can bet in those states. And for those that can't, I'll still put up straight-up props for us.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your, let, let's be positive. I think it's a positive question, Justin, about the Knicks. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the Sixers and the Celtics and the Bucks. Well, the Knicks beat the Bucs. Um, they're starting to play some pretty good basketball. The record's starting to reflect that. Uh, where are we at with the Knicks? What are you seeing?
2: There's a problem, Ray, and that's they don't have a big tree like you in the middle to prevent teams from getting inside on them because Mitchell Robinson is likely missing the rest of the season after having ankle surgery. They just had to sign Taj Gibson. That's very scary. Jericho Sims, one of their other backups, also dealing with an ankle injury, a small one, but he's been out of the lineup. So Taj Gibson has actually had to play basketball. And it's very scary when you think about that. How are they going to be able to stop Joel Embiid? How are they going to be able to stop Kristaps Porzingis? The answer, they're not. Giannis, they're not really going to stop him. Julius Randle has done a good enough job but you don't want Julius Randle to have to put that kind of defensive pressure as much as he puts on the pressure on himself on offense. Why? Because at the end of the day, he'll wear down, and then you won't have any power in that post. So with the Knicks, it was a great win. It was great to see Milwaukee has beaten them all season. This was their fourth matchup of the year. They played two days before, and the Bucks handled them. And. They, the Knicks did an excellent job of winning that game. And Jalen Brunson is a stud and Damian Lillard can't play defense. I worry about them though, against teams like the Sixers, the Celtics, the Bucks, they need to trade for size. And I've went into the market and it seems like the only available options that they can get without having to trade some of their core Utah, Omer Yurtsevin, a guy that could just clog up the middle. And that's it. I think he would fit perfectly there someone who's not as a good of a defender but still a big body, the Bulls who are looking to sell pieces for probably picks. The Bulls have Andre Drummond. The Knicks just need a big guy to get up the middle and to be able to clean up the garbage and hit putbacks and everything like that. Drummond can do that even though he plays poor defense. So they can't keep rolling out Isaiah Hartenstein and Jericho Sims. They need more depth if they're going to be able to compete.
0: Justin, you'd be proud of me. Yesterday on Christmas Day, my mom and I watched the last five minutes of the Warriors game.
2: There you go. Yeah, we did.
0: And uh, well, I'd like to ask you why Steph Curry is chucking up left-handed three-pointers with 20 seconds left in the game. <laughs> because oh, he's accomplished
1: everything else, right? It's time to uh, work on other stuff. <laughs> I mean, he
0: hit the rim at least, but what the hell is he doing? Um, let's talk about the other side of things in that game. It's the, the Nuggets. And uh, they're on a hot streak right now, Justin. Uh, eight of the last 10. They've got Jokic and Murray, those two guys. You know, a great game yesterday. Again, we were laughing at Jokic because it's like that guy's less muscle than I do, and he's, he can't jump. Yet, He's everywhere. He's a great basketball player. Talk to us a little bit more about the Denver situation and, you know, how good is this team?
2: Well, it's funny you say that about Jokic because Jokic was hit very early on with COVID and he got bad. This was when the pandemic first started and he dropped like 30 pounds while he was sick. The guy looked like he was like just a regular Joe Schmo like us, you know, it's like, what's this? Who is this guy at this point? What he does is just excellent. Great handles. Great speed and agility, good decision-making with the ball. Sometimes I I wonder if he's too much out of the paint. He's hanging at the elbow, but he can hit shots from there. But here's the thing with the Nuggets, and I think that they're going to be competing for that championship again. What we're seeing in the West right now, Minnesota's been great. I think they could beat Minnesota. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City has nothing like we were just talking about with the Knicks. As much as I like Chet Holmgren on offense – Defensively in the low block, they get very exposed, and I don't think they're going to be able to take Jokic out or really limit him at all. So I think the Nuggets are going to be right there. But keys to this team, and especially from the fantasy angle too, Michael Porter Jr. has been great. He's been crashing the boards. He's had a nice stretch. Aaron Gordon, also, they're a nice one-two punch. Porter likes to stay more at the arc, try to get high-percentage shots from downtown. Gordon will do more of the dirty stuff. He'll do more of the dirty work. He'll hang in the post which is how it's supposed to be because when I see guys like him and Tobias Harris of the Sixers just staying there at the arc the entire time when both have very good power driving ability, it irks me. And seeing both of these guys drive at times, especially Gordon, has made him a fantasy asset, has made him a profitable prop bet at times, his points plus rebounds as well, which we've exploited. And that's why, again, this team, even though it's not flashy depth, they've got Murray, they've got Jokic, like you said. There are other pieces. And even Contabius called Low Pope, very solid defender. They just have a very nice puzzle and they're going to be able to compete. But their forwards being solid fantasy assets as well, and especially for DFS because they're not priced up too much.
1: Talking to some hoops with uh, Justin Finsterman. We do it every Tuesday here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, from Jokic to Doncic. Uh, 50 points last night for Luca, uh, Dallas gets a win against the Suns. And I think Kyrie Irving's missed like the last three weeks. Yep. And, and uh, two part question. Hey, what's the latest on Irving? When are we going to see this guy? Number two with Luca for a fantasy owner who has Doncic, it, is he better without Irving? Like should a be yeah. sitting there saying, I want Irving out for the next month. So no, if if,
2: if if I'm a Luca fan, I'm hoping that Luca and Kyrie get into some kind of fight where Kyrie demands a trade off the team because when Kyrie's on and it's kind of we've seen this with guards being successful, but with what you need from Luca and what he's capable of, they don't need Kyrie Irving. It never made sense him being there. Luca and Luca, yes, they we've seen it with. DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, and they've made it work. But Luca's better, more ball dominant than even both of those guys, and can do more as well than Trey Young, in my opinion. And they don't need Kyrie Irving, so I'm hoping Kyrie Irving stays out if I'm a Luca guy as much as possible, especially in DFS, because Luca's price point is still going to be in that 10 figure that 10 plus area, so because of that. I I want Kyrie Irving out if I'm going to invest in this guy because he's going to take some of that usage away. But unfortunately with this situation, we're still game by game with him. We don't have a timetable We're literally every single time the Mavs are on the docket, we're wondering if Kyrie is going to play or not. And he's been out for like nine straight games. So to answer your question, Luka Doncic, very impressive. Just that production is not going to be able to sustain once Kyrie returns.
0: Justin, the Atlanta Hawks have a great uh, duo in the backcourt scoring-wise, and uh, there's some exciting pieces there in the fantasy space. But overall, this team is not performing well. Uh, what's been the issue there for the Hawks? Why can't they get going beyond a couple of guys?
2: Once you pass that arc, Ray, you can you could score on them. That's the problem. Their forwards play no defense. I've never, ever seen a team that defends the perimeter because they can def- defend the perimeter, Atlanta. But once you get past that perimeter, once you get inside that arc, there's no more defense. Clint Capella isn't doing anything and he's not that quick. Onyeka Okonkwo, oh, I thought was going to be not only getting more minutes, but being really relied on more, essentially marking the end of Capella there because he's the younger player and he can do what Capella could do. He's not making that impact. Sadiq Bey, not making that impact. Johnson's been hurt, Jalen Johnson. So that's another, that's another factor into this and piece that they need. Sadiq Bey, and DeAndre Hunter, none of them play defense. Once you get inside, it's like a layup line. And so that's why, again, when we look at props and stuff, for instance, yeah, if I have a skilled forward, like if I have someone from the Clippers, let's just say, like a Kawhi, hell yeah, I'm going to exploit that matchup right there. They just don't play any defense. You watch this team for five minutes and you'll be able to tell everything about them forwards and backwards. Their forwards do not do anything to stop the driving on the defensive end, and it's scary, and it's something they have to address, and I bet you they're not even seeing it because there have been zero improvements.
1: Uh, Since you went to the effort, Justin, of wearing this uh, Sonics uniform, which, as you noted, they then became the Oklahoma City Thunder, I must ask you, tonight, Minnesota against OKC. This, by the way, folks, number one in the West, Minnesota, number three in the West, Oklahoma City, uh, we know about the stars, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, um, you know, guys, Shea Gilgis Alexander. We know. G- give me an underrated fantasy guy from each of these two teams that has helped them maintain the success this year.
2: So I'll, I'll give you an underrated guy. And you know what? Because you guys know me, I'm an overachiever. I'll also give you a player that could still be on your waiver wires as well for the season-long crowd out there. Also for DFS value too, try to appease all audiences here. Um, I'd say from the Thunder side of it, it has to be Jalen Williams. I just mentioned that Oklahoma City's not great on the low block in the center versus center. But power forward-wise, that's a different story. This guy is good. This guy is exactly what Atlanta needs right now but they don't have, he's an excellent on the ball defender, knows how to close down the lane, knows how to switch properly. So there's not two open players instead of one when you're doing a defensive switch. It's incredible seeing the growth from this guy. He's not out there on waivers, but Lou Dort is, and this guy's averaging 11 and four and he'll take a lot of shots from long range and he'll get the minutes as well, which means that that volume is going to be there for him when he is on that court. He's a secondary scorer, For this team, and anytime you've got Shea Gilgis Alexander and Josh Giddy on the drive, they kick it back out. He's going to be because the defense will automatically collapse on both of them once they hit the lane. He'll be wide open to be able to shoot the three ball, so he could still be out there. The Minnesota side, Mike Conley, give the old man vet. Some props right here. I mean, this guy was the secondary option of Greg Odin when they were coming out of college at Ohio State. It was all about Greg Odin, but Mike Conley was just the other guy. And Mike Conley, with the career he had, has been great. And he has been excellent for Minnesota. We, like you said, Towns, Edwards, Rudy Gobert, this guy has been reliable. But somebody else who starts who also has been reliable, maybe he's still out there. Jaden McDaniels, another underrated defender as a forward who gets a lot of minutes. Might need a little bit more on the volume side when it comes to shots, but we have seen him produce steals as well. I like to look for guys that can at least give you a little bit of production in multiple categories. So we know the scoring is there. He's a good defender. So the steals will be there and you'll get a little bit of love on the rebounding side.
1: It was a uh, busy Christmas. It's a busy uh, night in the NBA tonight. I know Justin and his crew will have the DFS ride up the cheat sheet, all of that hanging out in discord. Um, quickly, we opened with wagering, so I want to end with wagering. Detroit, the Pistons, if they lose tonight, taking on Brooklyn, they will set an NBA record with 27 straight losses, which is hard to even fathom. I, I opened up the sports book this morning, Justin, thinking that the Pistons would be like a 15 point dog or something. They are only a six and a half point dog to the Brooklyn Nets. And I think if you take them straight up, which I would think, hey, if you're about to lose your 27th straight game, to get a win should be like plus 500. But it's plus 205. I'm, g- I'm going to give you a chance here. You may not like either of these bets. What, 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 what would you do? Would you just stay away from this game and laugh at the Pistons? Or do you think there's a there's an edge to be gained there?
2: I mean, I'd like to normally say there's an edge because I mean, we talk about what teams' forwards don't defend. Actually, the Nets' forwards are good defenders. But they've been able to get beaten. And that's the one thing there. The problem with Detroit, I mean, with the rotations that they've had, they don't play any defense at all. Thought that Asar Thompson was going to be that guy. So when it comes to betting this team at this point, I mean, can they beat the Nets? Is the, are the Nets the toughest matchup in the world? No, but the Nets also slow down that pace. So I'd rather almost have a little bit of a pace boost thinking they get more possessions to produce. If let's say their offense is totally on fire with the nets, it's not going to be so much. They play a little bit slower. So for me, I'm staying away from that matchup as a whole.
1: (laughs) Good thing that the lions are good this year. Uh, So they can, people can just care about
2: people want them to sell the team. And that's, you know, that's, it's, it's sad. It's just this early in the season to see what this team has become. It's just sad. And we've seen Detroit at some very low lows throughout their, history.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, certainly going through one now, Justin. Awesome. We uh, kept you a little longer than usual. I uh, didn't want you to get a day off or anything. So uh, we wanted to put you to work. Thank you for jumping on board
2: and uh, we'll talk next week. Okay. Guys, thank you so much again for having me And Hey, I charge for the overtime, Kyle. So I'll invoice you.
1: Yeah. Well, Ray handles uh, all paychecks and HR. <laughs> yeah. so. Well,
2: so I'm not getting anything out of yeah, this. Yeah. Day, so yeah. Like, yeah. A free interview. I'll get, I'll I'll get talk my to my
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Justin Finsterman there, his final visit, uh, I guess you would suppose in 2023, who knows, maybe he'll shock and awe us at some point later in the week, but we'll talk to him next Tuesday. Uh, Ray, you and I are pretty well to the uh, end of the road here on a a Tuesday. Been fun. Fantasy Sports Daily. Quick baseball note. And like most sports, it goes quiet, you know, when you get to this point on the calendar. But we did have a, a signing, Mitch Garver. Mm-hmm. going to Seattle, two years, $24 uh, Garver is not a world beater, but I know, Ray, you've had a soft spot in your heart for Mitch Garver when you get a chance,
0: right? I have, absolutely, yeah. And he's been very effective. There's been injuries, and he's in and out of the lineup a lot. But if you look at his performance the last two years, he's got 29 home runs and right around 500 at-bats. He's a legit power hitter. Now, the move to Seattle is not good for that, unfortunately. That's one of the most difficult parks in baseball to go deep in. Uh, the benefit for Garver is that he should see a lot of time at DH with the way the roster is currently constructed, right? So that ideally would keep him in the lineup more frequently, let his body stay healthy. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, but yeah, it's, he, he's likely to, to – he'll get 500 plate appearances if he's healthy. They'll give it yeah. to him. We'll have to see if he can stay healthy long enough to get
1: them. Okay. Uh, health, Mitch Garver, they usually don't go together. though. Yeah. 380 plate appearances. I'm putting them down for that (laughs) right now. Seattle certainly needs the power. They'll see if they can get it from Mitch Garver. Um, Okay, that'll do it for us today. Good to be back in the saddle. Good to be talking again, having some fun. Chat room. Thanks to everybody who jumped in and gave us another shot because we weren't here yesterday. Hopefully, there was nobody out there screaming at their computer on Christmas morning that Ray and I were not here. I, I don't think so. Nobody tweeted you yesterday, Ray, to, you know, just... Rake you over the coals for not doing a show on Christmas morning? Did they not
0: yesterday? But someone did let me know that I didn't answer their question in Discord. So there's still people out there that have complaints, pal. (laughs) You can't you can't take one day off out of 365. You can't. Yeah,
1: they love you, Ray. They love you. Better to be loved than unwanted. You are loved, Ray Flowers. Uh, Tomorrow we'll get back going at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Probably have a lot of injury stuff to run through. We'll take our first look at the Week 17 games. Uh, Good luck to everybody who is uh, maybe going to the waiver wire, trying to pick up Clyde Edwards-Alaire or anybody else. Again, Jalen Waddell, probably going to be out. TJ Hawkinson, probably going to be out. So if you're looking at the waiver wire, those are two guys that if you own them, if you've been counting on them, more than likely you will not have them in Week 17. So plan accordingly. Ray, have a great rest of your Tuesday, and uh, see you on Wednesday, okay? Looking forward to it, Kyle. He is the one and only Ray Flowers. I am Kyle offering This has been Fantasy Sports Daily, right here and only here, courtesy of FantasyGuru.com.